Thanksgiving. Done. Black Friday. Survived. Or successful, depending on your outlook. Saturday's turkey leftovers. Ooh, savored. And today, Sunday. Hmm. Is it time for the Christmas tree? Or am I rushing the season for you? I mean, it's not even December yet. But here we are, Advent. And actually, though, as I mentioned earlier, I have a little secret to share with you. It's not even really Advent yet. Officially, the first Sunday in Advent is supposed to begin next Sunday. Yet we're going to go ahead with the first Sunday in Advent today. Why? Because we wanted to take all full four weeks for Advent. And if we had waited till next week, then that fourth Sunday would have landed on Christmas Eve, and we would have put that aside just to celebrate Christmas. So as not to miss out on that four weeks of Advent, we're going to start today. And besides, I need Advent. Honestly, this world wants me to look at Christmas as just one way, you know, just a nice story, look back in history. But Advent teaches me not only to look back, but also to look forward. It's like having two anchors if you've ever been on a ship. The one anchor is set, and then the other one is set, and you don't move then, regardless of how the wind changes. You don't drift, regardless of how the weather changes. You are kept secure. So just so, here in Advent, we look both ways. We look both ways to keep us grounded and from being overwhelmed. We look back to see Jesus come to earth in this humble circumstance. We look forward and see Jesus return to earth as king of kings. We look back to the poor welcome this world gave to the Savior. But we also look forward to the magnificent welcome that Jesus will give us, his family, when our time, or time itself, comes to an end. Here in Advent, we see the first promise God made to us to rescue us from sin and death. And here in Advent, we note the last promise God makes to us, the promise of eternal life with him. This is Advent. It's a time that we can use, that we're going to use to watch and to prepare, to rejoice and to behold. And this Sunday, we remind ourselves to watch, not just see, watch, not just look, but watch. Because there is a difference here, a difference between seeing and looking and watching. Let me illustrate that. Here in front of you, you can see that I have a beard. I've had it so long, it's lost all its color. <laughs> I've had it so long, my kids have never seen me without it. You see it, but you don't need to pay it much attention. But some of you recently have looked at my beard and notice it's changed. It's been growing since summer. It's fuller. It's longer. Now that 
looking is more deliberate than just seeing. It's more intentional. But then there's watching. Watching takes looking a step further. Watching has an element of, of, of meaning to it. The result of observation. When you watch, you take note of the detail. You grasp the significance of change and development. All of you see my beard. Many of you have looked at my beard. And a few of you are watching my beard. You're wondering if the final shape of my beard will be historical. I said historical, not hysterical. <laughs> or rather, will it be presidential, like Rutherford B. Hayes? Or you're wondering if the significance of my beard is commercial, like Colonel Sanders of Kentucky. Or you're watching and waiting to see if it's because I really do have a second job this year. Some of you have been thinking I've been Santa for a long time now, right, Tasha? <laughs> so what kind of watching are we doing here in Advent? Let's, let's see what Simeon can teach us about watching. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you came to this earth and you were born in Bethlehem. Come again now to our hearts and minds and be born in our lives to the time that we spend this morning in your word and in your story. Amen. Well, here in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, we're introduced to a man who the, the Bible calls righteous and devout. And that's about it, about what we know about him. We don't know if he was tall or short, was bald or had hair like Samson, or even if he had a beard. Was he a tradesman, a Jewish scholar, or perhaps a priest? Apparently it wasn't important enough to tell us. We don't know if he was younger or older, although there is some reason to believe that he was old. But again, who knows? What we do know, what Luke does tell us, is about his character. He's a righteous man, one who had a relationship with God, who knew God's word and scriptures and whose life reflected that. He was a man who was eagerly awaiting for and daily looking for and diligently watching for God's Messiah to come. This Messiah was the one that God would anoint, the one that God would choose, the one God promised would come and rescue, comfort and restore Israel, rescue her people from all of her struggles, like the life-wearying, everyday battles, rescue from the occupying Romans and their, their own cruel King Herod, 
But even more, the promise to rescue them from a broken world. Broken world which has disease and heartache. Broken world which shows our disobedience and sin and our distraction and separation from God. And this Messiah would bring and restore true life. A life that's only truly possible when it's lived with God. Simeon was a man who believed God would keep his promise, that God wasn't done with Israel, that he wasn't done with the human race. So Simeon was fervently waiting, yearning for the promise to be fulfilled. And Luke tells us also that he was spirit-filled, that the Holy Spirit of God had spoken to him somewhere along the line, telling him that he, he, Simeon, would see this promise come true with his very own eyes. Here is a man who knew the Lord enough to hear God daily when he spoke, to know it was God speaking, and then to trust, to believe, and to act on what God was telling him. That was a marvelous thing. But I want to remind you that it's not an exceptional thing at all. During our study in the book of Acts, which we just finished last week, we saw all the time among those who followed Jesus. And we learned that it was really a family trait. We said that this is us too. We, here in this place, are to be led by the Spirit of God each day too. Led by knowing God through his word and through prayer and through talking with each other. Watching for what God is doing around us. What only God can do. And then hearing I am, hearing him invite us into that. Simeon was such a man. And God tells Simeon, he promises him that he would see the Messiah. The answer that God was going to give to our broken world. And then one day... It happens. That day, the Spirit leads Simeon to go to the temple. Now, don't you want to know just how that happened? What did it look like? What did it feel like? How did, to have God lead you to the right places today? But Luke, again, doesn't give us any specifics. In other places, the Christmas story God speaks to his people through a messenger. For Mary, it was an angel. For Joseph, it was an angel speaking through a dream. But Luke doesn't mention if, if Simeon got such a messenger or if the Spirit just spoke directly to Simeon or if it was just maybe an urging that came over Simeon, a compulsion that had been ignited by the Spirit. Or perhaps, perhaps Simeon was one of those people who had been Wondering, wondering about the story that those Bethlehem shepherds have been telling for over a month now. A story of angels and a baby born who was Christ the Lord. Maybe Simeon was, was prompted to think, whoa, shouldn't it be just about the right time for the parents to present him in the temple? Maybe it's today. Yes, I will go to the temple today. Well, regardless of how the Spirit led Simeon to go to the temple, Simeon obeyed and he went. And was he glad he did? So what do you think? What was it like 
to be Simeon. To have such a wonderful, radical beard like that. <laughs> we might picture him as a, a typical Bible character. Think he really didn't have much of a life outside of this story. But that isn't true. Simeon was a real guy. He lived a normal, daily life. He was one of us. He ate meals and he slept. He had a job and he had bills. He caught colds and he celebrated holidays. Probably he had a neighbor who was a good friend and he probably had a neighbor who was a pain. He most likely worried about his kids and now at this age, grandkids and his finances and all the other stuff that normal people worry about. But he did that all with a difference because every day he was watching. Every day there was a moment when he was watchful. Was this the day? Was this the day he'd see God's promise? And then one day it was. Mary and Joseph go to the outer courts of the temple to do what the law required of them as new parents. And they bring this infant boy and they offer a small sacrifice a redemption tax, really. But we can see that there's something else much bigger going on. Mary and Joseph fulfill the purification law of the, to the Torah. But the real sacrifice that they bring is God's Lamb, Jesus. He is the one who fulfills all the laws and purifies us that the world might be saved through him. And there in the temple... God also fulfills his promise to Simeon. He gets to witness it all. And I have this image of Simeon, that he might have become a, a fixture there in the temple, that he was, he was known to rush up to mothers with a baby in their arms and ask, is it a boy or a girl? Can I hold them? And then to give them a blessing. But was it different today? Did he know, coming up to Joseph and to Mary, that this was it? Had the Spirit told him, it's the baby boy over there by the pillar? Or did the Spirit just gather them at the right place at the right time? And then Simeon takes baby Jesus into his arms. And I imagine there is this moment when his soul explodes, where tears are just burning to flow, and his voice is frozen but his eyes, his eyes now see all that he's been watching for, and he blesses God. Sovereign Lord, Simeon prays, you who rule over us, who rule over everything, you have kept your promise that I would see this, and I am free. I have peace. Just as you promised, this child is your plan to save us all, to save your people, to save all people. He is true light. And in him we, every nation, shall see that you are God. Here in my arms is the shining glory of your people, Israel. Oh, that's beautiful. And what's beautiful for us for me, for you, is that this promise to Simeon is one that God makes to us too. That we may also behold the Messiah who was first promised 
to Adam and Eve, that we may see the Savior who would heal our broken lives, our broken world. Right now, with the Spirit working through this Bible story, Jesus can come into our arms, our hearts, our lives, and we can confess, my eyes have seen your salvation. You have revealed your light to me. That's his first promise to us. And then we hear about his other promise to us in Acts chapter 1. See, Jesus, at the end of his earthly mission, is leaving his disciples. He rises into the clouds, and now he is out of sight. And they are left just standing there, blindly looking into space. But the angels are there, and they promise them and us that someday Jesus will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. In other words, watch for it. It will be glorious. Jesus is coming again. And Jesus himself testified to the same thing. At the very end of the Bible, Revelation twenty-two twenty, John tells us that Jesus has promised to us, yes, I am coming soon. And then John can't contain himself. He adds, amen, so be it, come Lord Jesus, to which we can add, our Lord Jesus comes. So those are his promises to Simeon and to us that he would come to save us, to save us from what we had brought into this world, sin, sickness, death, and that we will not be left alone in this world, that he is coming back again to set it all right. And all that should have been from the very beginning, this perfect world that we yearn for and know that should be ours but isn't, all of that will be restored. So what does this mean for Simeon and for us? It's the peace of freedom, the peace of release. Freedom from the things that keep us awake on these long, dark nights now of winter. You know, things like our job, our debt, our relationships. Freedom from things that oppress us. Our addictions, our sickness, our loneliness, our failures. Release from the fears of loss, betrayal, even persecution, and yes, death. By the way, did I tell you what the name Simeon means? It means he has heard. He, God, has heard. All that time Simeon was yearning and praying and watching for the Messiah, God heard him. And God has heard our cries and knows our needs. And he answers us, I am here I am with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us, just as Isaiah 7:14 explains. He has not forgotten us. He comforts us. He has compassion for us. All of us who are afflicted, just as Isaiah 49:13 promised. And John spells it out for us in Revelation. God himself will be with us. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's a part of God's promise to us, either when he returns for us or at the time we go to him in death. 
And the stuff, the stuff that we're dealing with now, it is just temporary. So do you think Simeon ever had days where he forgot to watch? Do you ever get weighed down with cares and struggles of, of daily life that he went a whole day forgetting to look up and watch? Maybe, probably, he was human. What I do know is that I forget. There are times when I barely see, much less actually look or purposefully watch. Because we have busy schedules. We have uncompleted task lists. And then we get stuck in traffic or in lines and we wait for other people. And too often 5 o'clock p.m. isn't quitting time for us. And 5 a.m. is rise and shine unless you're just getting into bed exhausted. And the holidays? Oh, more in the calendar, more in the list, shopping and baking and decorating and parties. And here in the middle of all this stuff, we're supposed to watch for Jesus every day? How can we remember every day that just as he came for us once, Jesus will come for us again? So will you try something with me this Advent? Find a way to spend some time. Carve out that time. Do it. How about the time to spend with God every day? Time to learn about him. Time to learn his voice, to recognize him, to talk with him, to worship him, to trust him. Will you do that with me starting tomorrow? Here are some possibilities for you to consider in doing this. Right out in the lobby, pick up each week the Take It Home. Five devotions for your week based on the Advent worship here at Trinity. Or download and use the Bible app. From version, which we've talked about before. And under reading plans, if you search there, you'll find probably 40 different Advent or Christmas guides to choose from. Find one, use it. Or do something with your own Advent wreath, whether it's simple or elaborate. Light a candle each morning. Listen to a Christmas carol. And then just pray back to God the thoughts that you had from that Christmas carol. Or make it a family thing that you do every night at dinner or before lights out. Or find a devotional book, such as this one, In the Manger by Max Licato. I found him to be an author who creates such rich, thought-provoking images with his words. It's 25 devotions. It's easily, easily a daily read with faithful insight. And if you would like me to pray for you as you, as you make this commitment for Advent... Would you just check one of those things in the next step area of the Connect card there in your service folder? Tear that off, put in the offering. I'll keep you in my prayers. So spend some time with God each day and learn to watch for him. What if we did that together, all of us together each day this Advent? And if we did, then let's see what happens? Let's look for God's work in us and around us. Let's watch for his promises to be revealed in our lives and then watch for the opportunity to share that with others that they might come to know God's promises for their life. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guide your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. Amen.